Hi, I'm Alex Bellinger, and this is Small Biz Pod on Wednesday, the 9th of November. Coming up in today's show, uh, I take a look at the theme of mobile working, how uh, laptops, Wi-Fi and WiMAX are having an impact on the way small businesses do business. And we'll be interviewing innovative soft drinks manufacturer in the UK called Feel Good Drinks. And also Intel. You should know a thing or two about mobile working, I guess. I'll also have the usual roundup of comments, views and opinion from around the world of small business and enterprise. But first, a big thank you to all of those regular listeners who have tuned back in, if that's the right word, to uh, Small Biz Pod. Very many thanks for that. And uh, bearing in mind my recent lengthy absence, uh, it's good to see you all still out there, uh, or many of you still out there. And thank you for the comments, which I'll come on to in a moment. And if you're new to Small Biz Pod, welcome to the show. Uh, as you probably discover, it's a, a regular uh, look at all things small business, entrepreneurial and uh, startup, and very much focuses on interviewing um, startups or entrepreneurs themselves to give you the uh, advice and inspiration that, that you might need to push the boundaries within your existing business or to inspire you to start up if you're thinking about doing such a rash thing. Uh, not rash at all, actually. Uh, it's uh, something that more and more people are looking to do. So welcome to the show, and um, all you new listeners too. So now on to some comments. Uh, it's very good to, to get some comments. I did wonder whether I'd be uh, receiving any feedback at all, having been away for a while. So thank you very much, all of those of you who did respond. Uh, some short, some long, all appreciated. Paul Worrell left the concise comment on the Small Biz Pod blog, simply saying, excellent, you're back. Um, so very many thanks for that, Paul. Uh, really much appreciated. And then w I had some interesting feedback on the concept of a roving reporter, uh, very much prompted by Carl Barton's excellent interview with David Heiner, which was uh, podcast in Small Biz Pod number 15. Uh, it seems to have gone down well as an idea and uh, had a, a great email from Glenn Watson, who regular listeners will know, is a, a staunch supporter of Small Biz Pod, um, who says, uh, have just re-listened to all of the Small Biz Pod podcasts. Uh, that's quite some feat. <laughs> Glenn, thank you for that. Um, uh, listening on his commute to work. Um, it's amazing just how much more you take in listening to them a second time, uh, whether you have a better understanding of what is being discussed or you're listening out for certain tips or notes. I'm not sure, but I know it's been of benefit to me. So, that's really great, um, Glenn. I know that part of the idea of Small Biz Pod was to build up a, a real resource for anyone uh, looking to start up in business or existing entrepreneurs or small business owners uh, so that they could uh, go back and, and listen to particular topics uh, on the show. Um, Glenn goes on to say, I love the roving reporter concept. What a fab interview with David. Uh, the shorter show lengths are ideal for my commute as it means I don't have to pause and listen to the last bit on my way home wondering all day what's coming up next. And finally, Glenn says, your music choices, as always, spot on, and my electronica appreciation has increased also. Uh, Glenn then goes on to mention a few other things, including the fact that he's getting married and going back to New Zealand to do that um, in November, December. So uh, congratulations, Glenn, to you and your future wife. But he'd be pleased to know he's, he's returning to the UK to live after that. 
Um, also had a, a comment from Daryl Caldwell, who from memory is in Seattle, I think, who says, are you limiting your use of reporters to the UK? Also, do you have any advice on gear for doing mobile interviews? Well, thanks, Daryl, for that. Um, if you're planning on being a reporter, that would be really, really cool. Um, I, anyone in the US or, or Canada or Asia or, or anyone else for that matter, if you can get some insights from entrepreneurs in your region and do an interview and uh, email them over to me, that would be really, really superb. I think if we can open up Small Biz Pod to a broader range of contributors, that would be excellent. And in terms of advice on gear, uh, my advice would simply be buy yourself a cheapish iRiver and a small microphone, and you'd be amazed. You can get excellent results with that. That's what I do. And if you remember the uh, sound-seeing tour of the startup show I did some while back on Small Biz Pod, that was done just using an iRiver with a, with a small lapel mic, and it works really rather well. So uh, there's a tip for any budding roving reporters out there. Um, if you want to send feedback or you have comments to make on the show, you can do that in a number of ways. You can leave a comment on the Small Biz Pod blog at www.smallbizpod.co.uk or indeed you can email me at alex at smallbizpod.co.uk. Audio comments are always great, uh, particularly if you're going to have a, an interview there, if you're going to be a roving reporter. Uh, and because of the broadband that I have, I, I, I can accept most files, uh, prefer preferably uh, mp3 files rather than web files, which tend to be rather enormous. So uh, that's about it for comments this week. I think we'll now move on to uh, the topic of mobile working and how uh, laptops, Wi-Fi, WiMAX and other mobile tools are improving productivity and flexibility among the businesses in the small business, small medium-sized business sector. So I'd like to welcome to Small Biz Pod today uh, Chris Wright from Feel Good Drinks, which is a young and, and vibrant company that promotes healthy and natural ingredients in its drinks and has got a, a number of large customers um, selling its drinks in 10,000 retail outlets across the UK and Europe with with customers like Tesco's, Boots, uh, Texaco, and, and others. And I'm sure uh, listeners to Small Biz Pod will have maybe even sampled feel-good drinks. I, I know I have, um, in, a, in a bagel bar, I think. Uh, so, um, Chris Wright, uh, perhaps you could just tell us a little bit about when uh, feel-good drinks set up and what was, what was your ambition for the company when, when you started? Well, feel-good drinks was, uh, like I think a lot of companies, set up or born out of uh, conversations in a pub. Um, it was set up about um, three and a half years ago by myself, uh, Dave Woolwork and Steve Cooper, who back at the time were all working for Coca-Cola. Um, right. So we were uh, enjoying the large salaries and pensions and cars and all, all the good things that uh, working for a big company uh, gives you. Uh, but frankly, we always kind of uh, wanted to uh, get out on our own and do our own thing. Um, so as I say, like, uh, like all the best ideas, uh, we kind of uh, realized that in, in the pub that uh, we could do it for ourselves, uh, so uh, finally ran out of excuses for not uh, not actually doing that uh, around about three years ago. And I think the, the idea behind Feel Good Drinks was to be a really great kind of source company, source brand for yeah. healthy, natural, fun, soft drinks for adults. It, it, it's almost as simple as that. So kind of an antidote to Coca-Cola. <laughs> I wouldn't say that, and you know, I, I don't want to kind of uh, to, to kind of uh, be, uh, be be too negative about Coke. No, no, I spent a, no. a good a good part of my uh, my working career there and had a great time. And how long did it take you to break the big retail chains? 
Well, we're kind of growing, you know, month by month. We uh, we didn't so we haven't ever reached a point where we'd uh, we'd ever say we'd broken it. Uh, but what we did, we we started with uh, just eighty stores. Our first customer was Superdrug, uh, so mm-hmm. we started with just eighty Superdrug stores uh, back in uh, back in two thousand and two, uh, and we've kind of put on big retail and small retail and wholesale customers ever since. I mean, our approach has never been to uh, to kind of try and get the big guys on board, and that's been the basis of the of the business. We've always tried to have a very good spread of uh, smaller and larger customers. Um, such that we weren't overly dependent on on any one customer, and also so that consumers could uh, could go and buy drinks pretty much anywhere they wanted to buy drinks. You know, we didn't uh, we didn't want to be about being a grocery brand or being about a convenience store brand. Yeah. We wanted to be about a brand which was really a, a soft drinks brand for adults. You know, fairly affluent consumers, uh, and so anywhere where an adults fairly affluent consumers going and buying their soft drinks, uh, we wanted to be. So you know, as you say, we we're in supermarkets, we're in bagel bars. Uh, we're in convenience stores. We're we're in all sorts of places. So that's that, that's kind of the strategy. And uh, how do you market drinks that are aimed at that sort of specific affluent audience? So I, I've not seen TV ads. What have, what have you done by way of marketing? Well, we've done quite a lot of alternative stuff. I think you know the uh, we, we clearly come from a background where um, where we're used to spending vast amounts of money on TV advertising, and uh, that's all well and good if you've uh, if you've got the money. Uh, we haven't fairly bluntly, uh, and even if we did have, I'm not sure we would uh, we would spend it on TV. Uh, I think uh, one of the things that having great big, uh, great big checkbooks uh, in order to spend on TV advertising does is to make you a little bit lazy mm. uh, about uh, about where you spend your money. So we've looked at uh, a, a huge range of alternative ideas. So we've done things from um, very simply from a bunch of PR-based activity right at the start yeah. um, through to quite a bit of uh, sampling activity uh, because we pride ourselves on our product quality. Uh, mm-hmm. We spend a lot of money and uh, and time on making sure that uh, consumers can actually sample our products. Um, so, for example, we tied up with um, with Heart FM last year, uh, and in conjunction with one of their sampling teams, went round London parks, shopping centres, and, and those kind of places in the middle of the summers. Yeah. Uh, in the middle of the summer, blitzing uh, blitzing consumers uh, and uh, and getting cold bottles of feel-good drinks into their hands. Um, so it, it it really is about trying sort of different different techniques, uh, and nec- not necessarily techniques that cost lots of money. Uh, mm-hmm. I think one good example of that was we did a non-packed motion in conjunction with the Magic Roundabout movie. Okay. Uh, yeah. Whereby Consumers took a collar um, from that we'd applied to our, our, our promotional bottles, um, sent in the collar to us, and uh, gave us their name and address, and entered a prize draw for uh, uh, for one of a thousand T-shirts, the Magic Roundabout branded T-shirts, uh, and it was just you know, a, a way of tying into what was at the time a very very widely uh, known movie. Uh, there was millions of pounds spent on the movie by the film company mm. uh, in terms of TV advertising, in terms of uh, outdoor. Uh, and what we tried to do was to sort of uh, latch onto that uh, and gain some awareness off the back of you know what was a pretty good feel feel good movie at the yeah. uh, at the time it was launched. Yeah. Um, so you know we we had literally tens of thousands of consumer responses uh, to you know what was a relatively low cost uh, low cost uh, marketing mechanic. Mm. Okay. Blogging for feel good drinks perhaps as an alternative means of reaching customers. Yeah, I think so. You know, I think we're trying to look at the the whole kind of interactive marketing process. Um, you know, yeah. a, a bit harder than we have done. Um, we've pride ourselves that our website's been you know quite a fun, you know, fun, good website to to access for consumers. Uh, but I don't think we've kind of taken that to the next stage and looked at the sort of the full range of uh, of sort of new marketing techniques. Yeah. Uh, and we've just appointed a, a a new interactive marketing agency, and I think you know one of the things we're going to, we're going to be doing in conjunction with them. Is trying to uh, to sort of expand that whole uh, that whole side of our marketing repertoire. Okay, 
Well, whilst we're on the the subject of the, the sort of the online world, I know that uh, you've recently introduced mobile working and specifically around sort of introducing laptops for um, sales staff and others that allow uh, a greater mobility through Wi-Fi, etc. Yeah. Could you tell us a little bit about how and why you implemented that? Yeah, I think it's, again, like all the little things we do, it's quite simple, really. Um, the the origin of the idea was to try and make sure that um, sales staff were spending as much time with customers as possible and as little time being unproductive as possible. Um, mm. So um, rather than the kind of the standard model of salesperson gets into a car, drives three hours to see a customer, sees a customer for an hour, then spends another three hours coming down, you know, with an awful lot of downtime uh, in between. Yeah. Uh, we we kind of encourage our salespeople to uh, spend as much time uh, uh, spend as much time uh, traveling with customers on trains as possible, um, such that they can actually work on the trains. Yeah. Now, you know, as you know yourself, when you when you're sat on a train uh, trying to have a mobile phone conversation, a you always get cut off, and b it's always quite slightly embarrassing. And c you know there's always someone else in the carriage who can speak louder than you anyway. So, <laughs> um, yeah. Doing that via mobile phone isn't ideal. Um, so I think you know the kind of the the, the idea was. Uh, as much time as possible spent on uh, spent on laptops, uh, doing all all the other tasks that would otherwise have to be done in you know, first thing in the morning or, uh, or or last thing at night when uh, when salespeople got home from their calls. Yeah. Um, so I think it's it's a, bit, a very simple point about uh, about maximising productivity and minimising downtime. Uh, when it comes to actually connecting to the internet whilst uh, employees or staff are on the move. Um, do you? How do you actually execute that? I mean, do you have a, a significant sort of Wi-Fi bandwidth purchase so people can just pop into Starbucks on their on their way back from a client meeting, or how does that work? No, we we tend to uh, we tend to dial up uh, on a pretty much ad hoc basis, which is fine for us because our sales guys don't need to be online every single minute of the day. Um, the point about connectivity for us is not about constant availability of email; uh, it's about being able to go online as as needed uh, in order to download emails and and send emails. Um, so, for example, uh, when, a, when one of our salespeople is coming back from a uh, customer meeting sat on a train, uh, if the train's uh, got Wi-Fi, uh, Wi-Fi connectivity, uh, then they'll compose a follow-up email to the buyer uh, and then dial up for, uh, for 20 minutes, half an hour, and send email and uh, pick up any emails that, uh, that have come their way since, uh, since they last dialed up. Um, so, you know, it's not about uh, constant uh, connectivity. Our guys don't have Blackberries. It's not really, uh, it's not really a requirement of the jobs that they do. Um, yeah. It's about uh, being able to connect once in a while in order to in order to send and pick up important emails. Yeah, okay. That sounds fair enough. Now, what are the future for Feel Good Drinks? Expansion, greater expansion overseas? What is the, what, what's, the, what's the outlook? Well, I think the outlook's, uh, the outlook's growth whichever way you look at it. You know, we have grown pretty fast. We've, uh, we've doubled the company this year versus last. Um, I think overseas is, is an interesting area for us. We, uh, we very much want to uh, grow overseas because... The basic feel-good proposition of healthy, natural, great-tasting soft drinks is a pretty universal one, mm. and that applies whether you're in a, a French, a, a Dutch, a Norwegian, or a, or a British consumer. And so we, we, do, uh, we do want to further extend our reach uh, into overseas territories. Uh, what we don't want to do is to kind of chase that at the expense of our UK business. So UK remains the core of the business, yep. uh, and we'll add overseas territories as we can without, uh, without kind of turning around the, the shape of the business. Um, so yes, overseas is big, uh, but uh, the reality is that the UK is going to be uh, the biggest source of growth for us. Uh, and we've got some pretty exciting plans for next year. I'm uh, not really at liberty to talk about it at this stage, <laughs> okay. but uh, we've got some pretty exciting stuff coming up, which will uh, we hope to see our growth accelerate rather than uh, rather than fail off from here. Okay, uh, Chris Wright from Feel Good Drinks. Thanks very much for joining us today. Thanks, Alex.
So we've uh, heard from Feel Good Drinks already today about how they're using uh, mobile uh, technology, laptops and, and wireless to uh, improve the way their salespeople do business. Now, somebody who really ought to know quite a lot about uh, mobile technology is uh, Mike Bonello from Intel, who's an analyst relations manager for uh, Europe, the Middle East and Africa. And uh, Mike has uh, worked for some time in, in mo mobility marketing roles, uh, include, including, I think, mobile marketing manager uh, for the EMA, um, and uh, has worked very closely in the past with the, with the SME sector. Um, now, in the same way, I guess, as Moore's Law has an impact on Intel chips, I imagine that the, the Intel chips and, and Wi-Fi technology will be bouncing along in huge leaps and bounds over the, the coming years. So, um, Mike, how do you see small businesses using uh, wireless, WiMAX, um, and mobile technology at present? First of all, there's a huge growth in the uh, enterprise sector for a sort of large business and also very much in the, in the small business sector for mobility. And I think one of the things for small business particularly is the lure of a wireless network. Um, and I think the advantage yeah. is there for smaller businesses. You know, many smaller businesses don't build large red brick buildings. They tend to um, rent out office space. Um, you know, companies which are relatively small with maybe a handful of employees tend to grow quite quickly, so they may have to within a short space of time, move on to larger premises. And uh, one of the things that you don't want to be hassled with as an IT manager is having to, uh, you know, um, connect up physically um, and, and disposition many different uh, users. As more users come on, as you, as you employ more people, you need to connect them up to the network. A wireless network allows you to yeah. do that very, very quickly. You know, with, you know, with a matter of um, two or three different wireless uh, access sites, um, you can effectively connect up, you know, 20, 30, 40 people um, in one go um, relatively quickly, much quicker than if you had to lay cables down and so on, which, you know, takes a lot longer. Yeah, absolutely. And in terms of security, are there any issues there for IT departments in, in small businesses who, who perhaps don't have the, uh, necessarily the expertise and facility of some of the big corporates in terms of protecting uh, their data if they've got a wireless system set up? Well, I think, uh, you know, I mean, like anything else, um, you know, providing you take the, you know, the, the requisite and, um, and the right steps, you can quite easily, or relatively easily, let's say, um, assemble a secure wireless network. I mean, I think one of the most important things to say is in the beginning, in the early days of wireless, um, there were quite a lot of different... Um, um, you know, scare stories about wireless and, and, its, and its effectiveness on the security side. And I think that was born out of the fact that the technology was still relatively immature. But certainly today you have a number of options, mm. VPN, for example, the virtual tunnel uh, being one of them which a lot of large corporates use. And also now some of the newer um, over-the-wire encryption technologies where the actual physical um, connection between the, the access point and your client, your, your laptop, um, or whatever you have mm. to be using, is physically encrypted to a very, very high standard. Um, we, we had early yeah. standards called WEP, which, to be honest, um, weren't particularly secure. Um, and now there are new standards, WPA and so on, which are much, much more secure. Um, and companies like Intel, as an example, we're, 
we're, we're very protective of our intellectual property, and we certainly would not be using you know wireless access in our in our company as we do. Um, if we didn't believe that it was secure. No, absolutely, absolutely. I guess the the issue is how complicated it is to set that encryption up for perhaps a you know a, a small, for the sake of argument, um, design company with four or five employees, uh, which overlooks a high street and <laughs> the concerns about people. What is it? Warjacking? No, what is yeah, it? Do it drive down the street for free Wi-Fi? Which is, yeah, that's right. So stealing other people's yeah. bandwidth. That's right by connecting to their network. Um, that, that doesn't have the sort of security issues in the sense that, in the sense that um, you can steal company secrets. I mean, but what it means is it impacts the, um, the productivity of your network because somebody's effectively stealing some of your, your bandwidth. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's quite, it has been quite difficult to set the security up. Um, it's there, but, you know, you mm. have to be relatively conversant with the technology. So what we've tried to do is get away from that for small, medium businesses and so on. Um, and provide solutions which literally out of the box are very much turnkey. The security is turned on. There's an easy uh, leaflet or an or a, uh, internet site walkthrough which tells you exactly what you need to do to ensure that your, your network is set up with the right uh, security level. So it's kind of plug-and-play wireless security. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, I suppose the other issue about mobility is uh, working from home. It's not necessarily wireless. Uh, it's more likely... Um, connecting to the to a, a business network or VPN or, or however you want to do it, but clearly, as computer technology develops, do you see more and more people working from home, or is this whole working from home concept uh, a little bit of a myth, and that actually people need the the social interactions of an office, however small that office may or may not be? Yeah, it's a, I, I can put from my own personal experience on this one. Um, and I'd say it really is a bit of both. Um, I have a home network, actually I have a home wireless network and I have broadband, like many people um, have broadband, but I have wireless as well. And I find it incredibly convenient. You know, I, and I don't use the, the network at home or the working from home to work longer hours. What I do is I use it to try and avoid, uh, avoid working longer hours. So for example, um, I've been traveling all day today, so I was able to mm. access the... Um, network and download my emails from home in the morning and then when I was sitting there at sort of the dead time in the airport waiting for my flight uh, to take off I was able to just you know hit off the major emails before they became issues and people started calling me and, and this kind of thing so I actually kind of smooth smooth you know, things out for me a little bit uh, in the day and, but what I tend to find is yes I mean if I if I work from home for five days uh, yeah, you, you miss the social interaction, and, and also you miss the you know working in teams sort of environment. You can work over the phone, but it's not the same as working face to face. Yeah, and I think flexibility is is probably probably key there. One final quick question: um, Blackberries they're they're pretty ubiquitous in terms of uh, corporate corporates. Uh, you see a lot of them, and an ideal way of uh, keeping in touch uh, on the move. Uh, number of commuters on the trains looking at their emails and it's almost become a kind of a status symbol having a having a blackberry if you're working in a corporation and little by little i noticed that the blackberry and and mobile phone manufacturers are looking at extending that out to sort of the consumer and smaller business market as an option with various tariffs and so on and so forth um do you see blackberry as a as a threat to intel's mobile plans or or is there an intel chip in blackberry i don't oh, know actually we just we just announced that, that the next RIM device um, 
the next BlackBerry device will will contain an Intel chip. So we. Oh, will it? Okay. I so we will be. Um, so we, we we will be a timely question. So we will be actually. Um, you know, we have been working with them for a while, but I think the short answer is no. We we don't really see it as being a a threat. I think it's more complementary. I think you know. I think this is very much a horses for courses. It's it's interesting whenever there's a, an alternative. Um, Technology that that provides the same benefit, you know, people always assume well, it's, it's either A or B. And if you look at other people's usage models, they they tend to use multiple devices. I think there was a time when 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 people imagined that you would have a mobile phone and it would do everything. You know, you'd be able to you know look at presentations yeah. on there and and do your email and so on. And, and of course, the reality is um, those those rather large um, devices. Um, you know, didn't really catch on. People still want a small telephone to talk with. Um, the, the BlackBerry is, you know, fantastic when it comes to um, when you're on the move, um, when you're traveling, when you're in an airport or something like that, just clicking through and checking for emails. But, I mean, I certainly know I, I get sort of over 100 emails a day, um, and um, I don't want to answer 100 emails on a, on a BlackBerry simply because my fingers are a little bit too large. No, no, no. Um, and I, you know, I have to look yeah. at the attachments a lot of the time. And, and there's also physically, when I'm away for two, three days, there's, there's just a certain amount of work that I need to do, which involves putting together presentations, putting together plans. You know, all of that information um, that I put together is aggregated off a lot of different presentations on my hard disk. So... You know, I have yeah. a I have a BlackBerry style device, but I also carry my PC around with me as well. Okay, uh, Mike Bonello from Intel. Very many thanks for joining us today. Thank you very much. Now, in an effort to keep the show to around half an hour, I am dropping the news section again this week. But if you want regular news updates on enterprise, small business, and startup issues from the UK and around the world then I've reinvigorated Small Biz Blog, which is now updated much more frequently than it used to be. And you can catch up with all the latest news uh, from the internet and from uh, other sources there. So that's a good resource, www.smallbizblog.net. Uh, I've changed the hosting there, so uh, a slightly new uh, domain name there. So check that out. Um, if you want to send comments or uh, an audio comment or indeed approach me about being a possible uh, roving reporter for Small Biz Pod, then uh, email me at alex at smallbizpod.co.uk or you can always leave comments on the show blog at www.smallbizpod.co.uk. So thanks very much for listening. Uh, do send us your comments. I thought after all this talk about technology, I would go to a really good techno track. It's actually, if you know Orteca or uh, Aphex Twin, it's a little bit like one of those two artists' tracks. I really like it. It's called QWERTY, and it's by The Impossible Flower. <laughs> 